Welcome everybody at another episode of the Wrestling Friends of the World podcast. If, all, if y'all enjoying your day, sweet, if not, what the hell ever. Saturday morning slam review time. Uh, I mean, just, I have to get one of these in before the next episode because I want to get to this show as soon as possible. So let's just get into it. October 20th, 2012. Two matches, one segment. Feels like kind of breeze and bias. Opening contest for Saturday morning slam, a first. We have Zack Ryder versus Justin Gabriel, a very rare babyface versus babyface match on this Saturday morning TVG rated program. Because, I mean, Zack Ryder, he had fallen from grace ever since WWE buried him earlier that year. And Justin Gabriel, yeah, he was doing nothing. So both men are having the, it's a show of respect between both men. They're both babyfaces. They like each other. They trade off arm drags against each other as a friendly case of one-upsmanship, whatever. They both try trading arm locks, a lot of wrist locks, and hammer locks, and all that shit. And before they go to commercial break, they try to do the whole double run, running cross body block. Ugh. It's like that never looks fun. If you want a painful one, you're going to look at what happened with Ricochet and Logan Paul, but it just looks meh, what they did. You come back from break, they're trying to make evasive maneuvers, like countering holds and all that shit, pin attempts. They get a stalemate when they try to do that double drop kick attempt in midair, being like, oh, we still can't outdo each other, even though it looked like shit. Literally, you couldn't tell if either of them were countering each other or somebody got hit or what happened. And Santino made the dumbest call I've heard on commentary. He said, someone has to lose this match and someone has to win. There can't be a tie. It's a shame. Somebody's got to lose. Have you never seen a wrestling match before, Santino? Have you never heard of double pinfalls or a double countout or a double disqualification? A tie can happen in a wrestling match or a no contest. Well, then again, that's when there's no winner. But still, you can have a case where you don't have one person win and one person lose, you moron. So now they get they quickly rapidly get to the finish. Ryder tries doing a running crossbody. Gabriel ducks out of it. He's just like, nope. And Ryder hits the ropes. Gabriel, he slams down Zack Ryder to the canvas. Tries that springboard top rope moonsault. He misses. Ryder gets to the middle rope. Missile drop kick with the biggest enemy of the show, the camera cut. Missing all of it for your fall. Ryder tries going for Ruck, Rough Rider. Justin Gabriel avoids it. Ryder bounces off the ropes again and finally gets another Rough Rider with the camera cut again. So Zack Ryder gets the win and both men hug post-match out of respect. It's like, this is the problem that you see with the show. You're not going to see a whole lot of action because, well, you got to keep it G-rated. Like, damn it, pal. We got to keep it clean for the kids. It's like, you're not going to do much shit because so much offense you see on these shows are going to involve headshots and all that shit. And then anytime you do try headshots, you cut it. It's like, oh, damn it, we got to show Santino Rowe and Josh Matthews a commentary. I mean, after they came back from the commercial break, they showed a replay of the finish. And they did the same thing, I think it was, what, the last time I did a Saturday morning review, slam review, saying that they cut it from the camera where they angled it differently so you didn't see the impact of the canvas. That would have been nicer, because then you don't have to keep showing the fact that, hey, Santino's on commentary. I don't want to see that. Now, the only segment we get this week is from the Video Vault, where we see three snake-like characters in WWE history. Jake the Snake Roberts, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlesnake, and the Viper Randy Orton. So, like, they're trying to show it's like, hey, you can't trust them. They're snake-like characters. Jake Roberts, you show that he's laying snakes on people. Stone Cold... Yeah, he's like they have they have a hard time trying to do any good footage with Stone Cold because of course he's not PG there or even G rated with middle fingers and saying shit and all that. And then Randy Orton, 
I'm surprised they can show him at all because it's like, hey, showing somebody having a boner is not G-rated either. But one common thing you keep seeing with all these is that they try showing montages of some of these guys with what they do in the ring. And the problem is, with all three of their finishers, it targets the head. So you don't see the full-on impact during these montages. Because Jake Roberts with the DDT, Stone Cold with the Stunner, and Randy Orton with the RKO. Yeah, so a lot of cuts there just to try to fill up time. And then Randy gave a tiny interview there saying that the reason he's known as the Viper is because ever since he was a kid, he had this fascination with reptiles. And that's it. Really? That's all you could give to the audience? You could have just stood there saying, oh yeah, and off camera I get a boner. Hey, that's all you could give to the crowd, just seeing how you became the Viper. Because you liked reptiles as a kid. Big fucking whoop. Now you get to the main event. This thing I saw as I was recording this was that you had two versions of the match graphic for advertising the main event. Daniel Bryan versus Tyson Kidd. And then after the first match of the night, you swapped the positions of where the men were for the advertisement. Just stick with one graphic. It doesn't make sense to swap them. So Daniel Bryan, one half of the WWE Tag Team Champions as part of Team Hell No against Tyson Kidd. I mean, you could kind of say they were babyface, babyface teams because Daniel Bryan was going against... With teaming with Kane going against the Team Road Scholars at this point, so it kind of turned him babyface. But he was still doing the whole no rebellious response to the crowd when they were chanting yes. And Tyson Kidd was a babyface during this time because he had been so for, I think, since around that year? Maybe since the year prior? So, I mean, it's looked a bit promising because both guys are very, very great in ring competitors. But things got off to a weird start because they're trying to wrestle, and right at the beginning, Tyson Kidd decides to grab Daniel Bryan by the beard for a comedy spot. Daniel's flailing around like, Oh, let me go. You got my beard. Ah! And then just bonks him on the head and Daniel lands on his ass. He rolls over the ring. He's like, I'm out of here. Like, really? That's your reason for giving up a match? So when he's in the aisleway, like right at the entrance aisleway area, he's ready to go back and then he stopped because here comes Kane. Make sure Daniel Bryan's not leaving. I mean, of course, you have to have somebody to stop the action there. So Daniel gets back in the ring and does a very lengthy airplane spin on Tyson Kidd, which Santino called the helicopter spin. It's like, dude, it's been known as the airplane spin since, like, what, the 80s? I think, like, what, Rilla Monsoon used to do that for a move, if memory serves me right? It's an airplane spin. Both men are just completely falling over like, oh, we're dizzy, oh. Daniel's in the corner. He's ready to do that running corner drop kick, and he... Tries the move, but he gets nothing in the corner because he was so delirious because he was all dizzy and shit that he didn't realize Tyson Kidd wasn't even in the corner. He was up against the ropes away from the corner. So he hit the corner and then ate shit for it. Yeah. So then both men are trying to bounce each other off the ropes. They're doing the whole leapfrog drop down spot. And then Daniel wants to go for a monkey flip to Tyson Kidd off the ropes. But Kidd stops it because he knows Daniel's about to do it. And Daniel pretty much turns himself into a ball. Like, he's got his leg, almost looking like he's trying to do fucking yoga. He's got his legs up and his arms underneath his legs, keep himself in, like, a pretzel-like position, which actually turned out to be smart because with the way Daniel's body was contorted, his shoulders cannot be on the mat even when he's on his back because of how his arms are. So Tyson Kidd is constantly rolling Daniel around the ring, trying to pin him, but the referee's like, no, his shoulders aren't down. So it's like, okay, that's actually pretty smart. Why didn't we ever see this before? He's rolling Daniel around over and over. He's getting frustrated. He's like, what the hell do I do? So Daniel's still staying there in position. He's got one arm free. He's like, hey, Tyson, come over here. 
Tyson tries grabbing his arm. Daniel flips him over. Daniel gets up. Crucifix pin on Tyson Kidd. That's it. Just like that. Barely any action in this match. Like I said, you have like some invasive, a bit of invasive stuff, grabbing of a beard, airplane spin, a pretzel, and then a pin. There was barely any action to this match. You saw more action for Zack Ryder and Justin Gabriel. And that is saying something. Holy shit. Then post-match, Daniel's trying to celebrate. He's like, yes, I win. But Kane gets in the ring. He's trying to steal Daniel Bryan's thunder by taking his half of the tag team championship. So he's got both in each hand. He's in the corner posing the crowd saying, I'm the tag team champions. I'm the tag team champions. Like, I think he's like on the bottom rope or something. He turns to Daniel... Kane takes both belts, raises them as high as he can, and because Daniel is shorter than Kane, he can't reach the belts as they are in Kane's possession. Then Kane, Daniel's trying to feign being sad, almost like the childlike thing, like, aw, look out, you made him depressed, he's gonna go jump off a cliff. Then Kane gives him the tag team title, like his tag team title belt back, Daniel snatches away, and then to close the show, they're both doing the whole, I'm the tag team champion, no, I'm the tag team champions, like, in each other's face like we kept seeing. Now that's even reminding me, I gotta get back to that writing the script for the Team Hell No History episode from 2012-2013, because I haven't touched it in a while, but... I mean, this... Like, they... I think this was probably one of the only times where they didn't really have a theme or anything big kind of advertised for the show. Because, I mean, last time for Saturday Morning Slam, they advertised that they were going to talk about Jim Johnson, yet that was a major letdown, because they barely gave him any time. But, I mean... Like, the opening match, you had a couple camera cuts that were kind of irritating... It was just a rare match out of respect. The, uh, the video vault, it was whatever. And then this main event barely had any action in terms of actual combat. It was just all... It, it was almost like an easy night for the men. It's like, yeah, you might have to do double duty on that night. Don't wear yourself out. But it's just like you didn't really give the crowd or anybody watching the show much of anything to work with. <coughs> so it's just... This show, you can just skip... I mean, maybe if you want to see that part where Daniel Bryan's being rolled around like a ball, that's it. But this show didn't give you much in terms of variety for this week. In terms of what you could look forward to or even remember. Because, like I said, past episodes, you had, like, the third degree where wrestlers are being asked questions or something like that. Or just anything to bring entertainment. But it's just like, this just fell flat. So, who knows what the next week's episode's going to be. Because, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is the ninth episode I reviewed out of 38, so I gotta power through some of these episodes just to get this series over with and I can get to the next project. But anyway, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. What did you think about this episode of Saturday Morning Slam? Especially for anybody who saw it. Like I said, if you watch this episode, you're not gonna get much action, especially in the main event of all things. You would've been better swapping the matches together, or like with each other, because hey, at least the main event, if you had it with Ryder and Gabriel, would've given you action. This match for the main event it was just whatever. So, anyway, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast, please remember, leave a like, subscribe with the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody. Now I want a pretzel. Thanks, Daniel.